Donations Jose Pa, Executive Deed of Donation covering a 1 hectare rice land in favor of her daughter Jennifer. The deed specifically provides that for in consideration of the love and service Jennifer has shown and given to me, I hereby freely, voluntarily, and irrevocably donate to her my one share rice land covered by TCT number 1150 located in San Fernando, Pampanga. This donation shall take effect upon my death. The deed also contains Jennifer's signed acceptance and on attached notarized declaration by Josepa and Jennifer that the land will remain in Josepa's possession and cannot be alienated, encumbered, sold, or disposed of while Josepa is still alive. Advise Jennifer on whether the deed is donation, inter vivos, or mortis causa and explain the reasons supporting your advice. The donation is a donation inter vivos. When the donor intends that the donation shall take effect during the lifetime of the donor. Though the property shall not be delivered till after the donor's death, this shall be donation inter vivos. The civil code prefers inter vivos transmissions. Moreover, mortis causa donation should follow the formalities of a will. Here, there is no showing that such formalities were followed. Thus, it is favorable to Jennifer that the deed is a donation inter vivos. Furthermore, what is most significant in determining the type of donation in the absence of stipulation that the donor could revoke the donations. On the contrary, the deeds expressly declare them to be irrevocable, a quality absolutely incompatible with the idea of conveyances mortis causa, where revocability is the essence of the act, to the extent that a testator cannot lawfully waive or restrict his right of revocation. The provisions of the deed of donation which state that the same will only take effect upon the death of the donor and that there is a prohibition to alienate, encumber, dispose, or sell the same should be harmonized with its express irrevocability. The Roman Catholic Church accepted a donation of a real property located in Lipa City. A deed of donation was executed signed by the donor Don Mariano and the donor the church as represented by Father Damian. Before the deed could be unauthorized, Don Mariano died. Is the donation valid? The donation is void. The donation of an immovable property must be in a public instrument in order for it to be valid. In this case, the donor died even before the notarization of the deed of donation. Hence, it does not satisfy the requirement of being in a public instrument for the donation to be valid. Jose Single donated a house in law to his only niece, Maria, who was of legal age and who accepted the donation. The donation and Maria's acceptance, therefore, were evidenced by deed of donation. Maria then lived in the house and lot donated to her, religiously paying real estate taxes thereon. Twelve years later, when Jose had already passed away, a woman claiming to be an illegitimate daughter of Jose filed a complaint against Maria, claiming rights as an heir. The woman prayed that Maria be ordered to recovery or to reconvey the house and lot to Jose's estate. In her complaint, she alleged that the notary public who notarized the deed of donation had an expired notarial commission when the deed of donation was exceeded by or executed by Jose. Can Maria be made to reconvey the property? What can she put up as a defense? No. Maria cannot be compelled to reconvey the property. The deed of donation was void because it was not considered a public document. However, a void donation can trigger acquisitive prescription. Sulis versus CA. The boy donation has a quality of Titulo Colorado enough for acquisitive prescription especially since 
12 years had lapsed from the deed of donation. Illegal and impossible conditions in a simple donation versus illegal and impossible conditions in an onerous donation. Illegal and impossible condition in a simple donation are considered as not written. Such conditions shall therefore be disregarded, but the donation remains valid. On the other hand, illegal and impossible conditions imposed in an onerous donation shall annul the donation. This is so because onerous donations are governed by the law on contracts. B. Donated to M. A parcel of land in 1980. It made the deed of donation entitled Donation Inter Vivos in a public instrument and M accepted the donation in the land on in the same document. It was provided in the deed that the land donated shall be immediately delivered to M and that M shall have the right to enjoy the fruits fully. The deed also provided that B was reserving the right to dispose of the land during his uh, lifetime or B's lifetime and that M shall not register the deed of donation until after B's death. Upon B's death, W, its widow and sole heir, filed an action for the recovery of donated land, contending that the donations made by B is a donation mortis causa and not a donation inter vivos. Will said action prosper? Yes, the action will prosper. The donation is a donation mortis causa because... The reservation is to dispose of all the property donated and therefore the donation is revocable at will. Accordingly, the donation requires the execution of a valid will, whether notarial or holographic. Ernesto donated in a public instrument a parcel of land to Demetrio accepted it in the same document. It is there declared that the donation shall take effect immediately with the donee having the right to take possession of the land and receive its fruits but not to dispose of the land while Ernesto is alive as well as for 10 years following his death. Moreover, Ernesto also reserved in the same deed of his right to sell the property should he decide to dispose of it at any time, a right which he did not exercise at all. After this, his death, Ernesto irresistibly brought an action to recover the property alleging that the donation was void as it did not comply with the formalities of a will. Will the suit prosper? Yes, the suit will prosper as the donation did not comply with the formalities of a will. In this instance, the fact that the donor did not intend to transfer ownership or possession of the donated property to the donee until the donor's death would result in a donation mortis causa and in this kind of disposition, the formalities of will should be complied with. Otherwise, the donation is void. In this instance, donation mortis causa embodied only in a public instrument without the formalities of a will could not have transferred ownership of disputed property to another. On January 21, 86A executed a deed of donation inter vivos of a parcel of land to Dr. B, who had earlier constructed their own a building in which research on the Drida disease AIDS were being conducted. The deed acknowledged before a notary public was handed over by A to Dr. B, who received it A or oh, a few days after A flew to the Bao City. Unfortunately, the airplane he was riding crashed on a uh, landing killing him. Two days after the unfortunate accident, Dr. B, upon advice of a lawyer, executed a deed acknowledged before another republic accepting the donation. Is the donation effective? Explain. No, the donation is not effective. The law requires that the separate acceptance of the donee of an immovable must be done in a public document during the lifetime of the donor. In this case, B executed the deed of acceptance before another republic after the donor had already died. 
On July 27, 97, Pedro mailed in Manila a letter to his brother Jose, a resident of Iloilio City, offering to donate a vintage sports car which the latter had long been wanting to buy from the former. On August 5, 97, Jose called Pedro by cellular phone to thank him for his generosity and to inform him that he was sending by mail for his letter of acceptance. Pedro never received that letter because it was never mailed. On August 14, 97, Pedro received a telegram from Iloilo informing him that Jose had been killed in a road accident that day before August 13, 1997. Is there a perfected donation? None. There is no perfected donation. Under Article 748, the donation of a movable may be made orally or in writing. If the value of the personal property donated exceeds 5,000 pesos, the donation and the acceptance shall be made in writing. Assuming that the value of the thing donated, a vintage sports car, exceeds 5,000, then the donation and the acceptance must be in writing. In this instance, the acceptance of say was not in writing, therefore the donation is void. Upon the other hand, assuming that the sports car costs less than 5,000, the donation may be oral, but still the simultaneous delivery of the car is needed and there being none, the donation was never perfected. Will your answer be the same if Jose did mail his acceptance letter but it was received by Pedro Manila days after Jose's death? Yes, the answer is the same. If Jose's mail containing his acceptance of the donation was received by Pedro after the former's death, then the donation is still void because under Article 734, the donation is perfected the moment the donor knows of the acceptance by the donor. The death of the Jose before Pedro could receive the acceptance indicates that the donation was never perfected. Under Article 746, acceptance must be made during the lifetime of both the donor and the donee. Arturo borrowed 500,000 from his father. After he had paid 300,000, his father died. When the administrator of his father's estate requested payment of the balance of 200,000, Arturo replied that the same had been condoned by his father as evidenced by annotation at the back of his check payment for the 300,000 reading in full payment of the loan. Will this be a valid defense in an action for collection? It depends. If the notation in full payment of the loan was written by Arturo's father, there was an implied condonation of the balance that discharged the obligation. In such case, the notation is an act of the father from which condonation may be inferred. The condonation being implied, it need not comply with the formalities of a donation to be effective. The defense of full payment will therefore be valid. When, however, the notation was written by Arturo himself, it merely proves his intention in making that payment but in no way does it bind his father. In such case, the notation was not the act of his father from which condonation may be inferred. There being no condonation at all, the defense of full payment will not be valid. Anastasia purchased a housing lot on installments at a housing project in Quezon City. Subsequently, she was employed in California and a year later, she executed a deed of donation duly authenticated by the Philippine Consulate in Los Angeles, California, donating the housing lot to her friend Amanda. The latter brought the deed of donations to the owner of the project and discovered that Anastasia left unpaid installments and real estate taxes. Amanda paid this so that the donation in her paper can be registered in the project owner's office. Two months later, Anastasia died. 
leaving her mother Rosa as her household heir, Rosa filed an action to annul the donation on the ground that Amanda did not give her consent in the deed of donation or in a separate public instrument. Amanda replied that the donation was an onerous one because she had to pay unpaid installments and taxes, hence her acceptance may be implied. Which correct? Rosa is correct because the donation is void. The property donated was an immovable. For such donation to be valid, Article 749 requires both the donation and acceptance to be in a public instrument. There being no showing that Amanda's acceptance was made in a public doc instrument, the donation is void. The contention that the donation is onerous and therefore need not comply with Article 749 for validity is without merit. The donation is not onerous because it did not uh, impose on Amanda the obligation to pay the balance on the purchase price or the arrears and real estate taxes. Amanda took it upon herself to pay those amounts voluntarily. For a donation to be onerous, the burden must be imposed by the donor on the donee. In the problem, there is no such burden imposed by the donor on the donee. The donation not being onerous, it must comply with the formalities. May a person donate something that does not belong to him? As a general rule, a person cannot donate something which he cannot dispose of at the time of the donation. A person can dispose of his corpse through an act inter vivos. A person cannot dispose of this corpse through an act inter vivos, that is, an act to take effect during his lifetime. Before his death, there is no corpse to dispose, but he is allowed to do so through an act mortis causa, an act to take effect upon his death. Spouses Michael and Linda donated a 3-hectare residential lot to the city of Baguio on the condition that the city government would build their own public park with a boxing arena, the construction of which shall commence within six months from the date the parties ratified the donation. The donee accepted the donation and the title to the property was transferred to its name. Five years elapsed but the public park with a boxing arena was never started. Considering the failure of the donee to comply with the condition of the donations, the donor spouses sold the property to Ferdinand, who then sued to recover the land from the government. Will the suit prosper? Ferdinand has no right to recover the land. It is true that the donation was revocable because of breach of the conditions, but until and unless the donation was revoked, it remained valid. Hence, spouses Michael and Linda had no right to sell the land to Ferdinand. One cannot give what he does not have. What the donors should have done first was to have the donation annulled or revoked, and after that was done, they could validly have disposed of the land in favor of Ferdinand. In 1950, Dr. Alba donated a parcel of land to Central University on condition that the latter must establish a medical college on the land to be named after him. In the year 2000, the heirs of Dr. Alba filed an action to annul the donation and for the reconveyance of the property donated to them for the failure after 50 years of the university to establish on the property a medical school named after the, their father. The university opposed the action on the ground of prescription and also because it had not used the property for some purpose other than that started in the donation or what stated in the donation. Should the opposition of the university to the action of Dr. Alba's ears be sustained, the donation may be revoked. 
the non-establishment of the medical college on the donated property was a risotoli condition imposed on the donation by the donor. Although the deed of donation did not fix the time for the establishment of the medical college, the failure of the donor to establish the medical college after 50 years from the making of the donation should be considered as occurrence of the risotoli condition and the donation may now be revoked. While the general rule is that in case the period is not fixed in the agreement of the parties, the period must be fixed first by the court before the obligation may be demanded the period of 50 years was more than enough time for the donor to comply with the condition. Hence, in the case, there is no more need for the court to fix the period because such procedure with the, uh, with the condition. Mortgage Bruce is the registered owner of a parcel of land with building thereon and is peaceful possession thereof. He pays the real estate taxes and collects the rentals thereon. Later, Catalino, the only brother of Bruce, filed a petition where he misrepresenting to be the attorney in pack of Bruce and falsely alleging that the certificate of title was lost, succeeded in obtaining a second owner's duplicate copy of title and then had the same transferred in his name through a simulated deed of sale in his favor. Catalino then mortgaged the property to Desiderio, who had the mortgage annotated on the title. Upon learning of the prudent transactions, Bruce filed a complaint against Catalino and Desiderio to have the title of Catalino and the mortgage in favor of Desiderio declared null in void. Will the complaint prosper or will the title of Catalino and the mortgage to Desiderio be sustained? Yes. The complaint for the annulment of Catalino's title will prosper. In the first place, the second owner copy of the title secured by him from the land registration uh, court is void abilicio. The owner's copy thereof having never been lost, let alone the fact that said second owner's copy of the title was prudently procured and improvidently issued by the court. In the second place, the transfer certificate of title procured by Catalino is equally null in void it having been issued on the basis of a simulated or forged deed of sale. A forged deed is an absolute nullity and conveys no title. The mortgage in favor of Desiderio is likewise null in void because the mortgagor is not the owner of the mortgage property. While it may be true that under the mirror principle of the Turing system of land registration, a buyer or mortgagee has the right to rely on what appears to the certificate of title and in the absence of anything to excite suspicion is under an obligation to look beyond this certificate and investigate the mortgagee's title. This rule does not find application in the case at hand because here, Catalino's title suffers from two fatal infirmities, namely the fact that it emanated from a forged deal of simulated sale and the fact that it was derived from a prudently procured or improvidently issued second owner's copy, the real owner's copy having still intact in the position of the true owner, Bruce. The mortgage told Desiderio should be cancelled without prejudice to his right to go after Catalino or, or the government for compensation from the assurance fund. Chattel Mortgage In a contract of chattel mortgage, possession belongs to the creditor. A chattel mortgage is a formal contract. A contract of chattel mortgage must be recorded in a public instrument to bind third persons Equity of Redemption versus Right of Redemption The equity of redemption is different from the right of redemption. Equity of redemption is the right of the mortgagor after judgment in a judicial foreclosure proceedings within a period of not less than 90 days before the sale or confirmation of the sale 
to pay into the court the amount of the judgment debtor. On the other hand, rights of redemption is the right of the mortgagor after the sale of the mortgage property to redeem the property by paying to the purchaser in the sale or for him to the sheriff who made the sale the amount paid by him with interest within one year from the sale. There is no right of redemption, only equity of redemption in a judicial foreclosure under the rules of court. X constructed a house on a lot which he was leasing from Y. Later, X executed a chattel mortgage over said house in favor of C as security for a loan obtained from the latter. Still, later, X acquired ownership of the land where his home was constructed, after which he mortgaged both house and land in favor of a bank which mortgage was annotated on the torrent certificate of title. When X failed to pay his loan to the bank, the latter being the highest bidder at the foreclosure sale, foreclosed the mortgage and acquired X house and lot. Learning of the proceedings conducted by the bank, C now demanding that the bank reconvey to him X house or pay X loans to him plus interest. Is C demand against the bank valid and sustainable? No, C's demand is not valid. A building is immovable or real property whether it is erected by the owner of the land, by a usurpatory or by a lessee. It may be treated as immovable by the parties to chattel mortgages, but such is binding only between them, not in third parties. In this case, since the bank is not a party to the chattel mortgage, it is not bound by it. As far as the bank is concerned, the chattel mortgage does not exist. Moreover, the chattel mortgage is valid because it was not registered. Assuming that it is valid, it does not bind the bank because it was not uh, annotated on the title of the land mortgage to the bank. C cannot demand that the bank pay him the loan C extended to X because the bank was not privy to such loan transaction. Torrens System Macarius bought a titled lot from Ramon, got a title and took possession of the lot. Since Macario did not have the money to pay the taxes, fees, and registration expenses, he was not able to register the deed of absolute sale. Upon advice, he merely executed an affidavit of adverse claim and had it annotated at the back of the title. A few years after, he received a notice of levy on attachment and writ of execution in favor of Alex. The notice, writ, and certificate of sale were annotated at the back of the title still in Ramon's name. Alex contends that since the affidavit of arrest claim is effective only for 30 days from the date of its registration, then its validity has expired. Macario posts that the annotation of his adverse claim is notice to the whole world of his purchase of the lot in questions. Who has the superior right over the disputed property? Macario or Alex? Macario is a preferred since the registration of his adverse claim was made ahead of the notice of levy and writ of execution in favor of Alex. Macario's adverse claim, coupled with the fact that he was in possession of the disputed property, are circumstances which should have put Alex on constructive notice that the property being offered to him had already been sold to another. The contention that the adverse claim is effective only for 30 years is uh, puerile. In Sahunas vs. CA, the court held that the adverse claim does not ipso facto lose its validity since an independent action is still necessary to render it ineffective. Until then, then the adverse claim shall continue as a prior lien on the property. Section 70 of PD 1529 Concerning Adverse Claims on Registered Land 
provides a 30-day period of effectivity of an adverse claim counted from the date of its registration. Suppose a notice of adverse claim based upon a contract to sell was registered on March 1.97 at the instance of the buyer, but on June 1.97 or after the lapse of the 30-day period, a notice of levy on execution and payable of a judgment creditor was also registered to enforce a final judgment for money against the registered owner. Then, on June 1597, there having been no formal cancellation of his notice of adverse claim, the buyer pays to the seller owner the agreed purchase price in full and registers the corresponding deed of sale. Because the annotation of the notice of levy is carried over to the new title, in this name, the buyer brings an action against the judgment creditor to cancel such annotation, but the latter claims that his lien is superior because it was annotated after the adverse claim of the buyer, but if so facto cease to be effective, will the said uh, all the suit prosper? The suit will prosper. While an adverse claim uh, duly annotated in the back of the title under Section 70 of, 15, 15, of PD 1529 is good only for 30 days, cancellation thereof is still necessary to render it uh, ineffective. Otherwise, the inscription thereof will remain annotated as a lien on the property. While the life of adverse claim is 30 days under PD 1529, it continues to be effective until it is cancelled by formal petition filed with the Register of Deals. The cancellation of the Notice of Levy is justified under Section 108. Considering that the levy on execution cannot be enforced against the buyer whose adverse claim against the registered owner was recorded ahead of the Notice of Levy on execution. Mario sold his house in lot to Carmen for 1 million payable in five equal annual installments. The sale was registered and title was issued in Carmen's name. Carmen failed to pay the last three installments and Mario filed an action for collections, damages, and attorney's fees against her. Upon filing of the complaint, he caused a notice of lease pendants to be annotated on Carmen's title. Is the notice of lease pendants proper or not? Why? The notice of lease pendants is not proper for the reason that the case filed by Mario against Carmen is only for collection, damages, and attorney's fees. A notation of lease pendants can only be done in cases involving recovery or possession of real property or to quiet title or to remove cloud thereon or for partition or any other proceeding affecting title to and the land or the use of occupation thereof, the action filed by Mario does not fall on any one of these. Regina has been leasing foreclosure land from the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources for the past 15 years. Recently, she learned that George was able to obtain a free patent from the Bureau of Agriculture covering the same land on the basis of a certification by the district forester that the same is already alienable and disposable. Moreover, George had already registered the patent with the Registry of Deeds of the province and he was issued an original certificate of title for the same. Regina filed an action for annulment of George's title on the ground that it was obtained prudently. Will the action prosper? As action for the annulment of George's original certificate of title will prosper on the following grounds. Under Chapter 9 of CA 141, otherwise known as the Public Land Act, foreclosure lands are disposable for residential, commercial, industrial, or similar productive purposes and only by lease when not needed by the government for public service too. If the land is suited or actually used for peace or aquaculture purposes, 
It comes under the jurisdiction of the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources and can only be acquired by lease. Free patent is a mode of concession under Section 41, Chapter 7 of the Public Land Act, which is applicable only for agricultural lands. 4. The certificate of the district forester that the land is already alienable and disposable simply means that the land is no longer needed for forest purposes, but the Bureau of Lands could no longer dispose of it by free patent because it is already covered by a lease contract between BPAR and Rihina. That contract must be respected. And fifth, the free patent of George is highly irregular and void ab initio, not only because the Bureau has no statutory authority to issue a free patent over a portion areas, but also because of the false statements made in his sworn application that he has occupied and cultivated the land since July 4, 1945 as required by the pre-patent law. Under Section 91 of the Public Land Act, any patent, concession, or title obtained through false representation is void ab initio. The cases of this nature is uh, it is the government that shall institute annulment proceedings considering that the suit carries with it a prayer for the reversion of the land to the state. However, Regina is a party in interest and the, the case will prosper because she has a lease contract for the same land with the government. In 1979, Nistor applied for and uh, was granted a free patent over a parcel of agricultural land with an area of 30 hectares located in General Santos City. It's, he presented the pre-patent to the Register of Deeds and he was issued a corresponding original certificate of title. Nestor sold the land to Eddie. The deed of sale was submitted to the Register of Deeds and on the basis thereof, uh, the title was cancelled and transfer certificate of title uh, was issued in the name of Eddie. In 1986, the Director of Lands filed a complaint for annulment of OCT uh, uh, NTCT on the ground that Nestor obtained the pre-patent through fraud. AD filed a motion to dismiss on the ground that he was an innocent purchaser for value and in good faith and as such, he was acquired a title to the property which is valid, unassailable, and indefeasible. Decide the motion. The motion of Nestor to dismiss the complaint for annulment of the original certificate of title and transfer certificate of title should be denied for the following reasons. ED cannot claim protection as an innocent purchaser for value, nor can be interposed the defense of indivisibility of his title because transfer certificate is rooted on a void title. Under Section 91 of CE 141, as amended otherwise known as the Public Land Act, statements of material facts in the application for public land must be under oath. Section 91 of the same Act provides that such statements shall be considered as essential conditions and parts of the concession, title, or permit issued any false statement therein or omission of facts shall ipso facto produce the cancellation of the concession. The patent issued to Nistor in this case is void ab initio not only because it was obtained by fraud but also because it covers 30 hectares which is far beyond the maximum of 24 hectares provided by the pre-patent law. Second, the government can seek annulment of the original and transfer certificate of title and the reversion of the land to the state. If this defense is untenable, the protection afforded by the torrent system in an innocent purchaser for value can be availed of only if the land has been titled through judicial proceedings where the issue of fraud becomes academic after the lapse of one year from the issuance of the decree of registration. In public land, the grants the action of the government to annul 
a title perjurently obtained does not prescribe such action and will not be barred by the transfer of the title to an innocent purchaser for value. Road, the owner of taxi, found in his vehicle an envelope containing transfer certificate na title over a lot registered in Caesar's name, posting a Caesar Road for Caesar signature on a little sale in Road's favor. Road registered the said document with the register of deeds and obtained a new title in his name. After a year, he sold the lot to Don, a buyer in good faith, and for value, who also registered the lot in his name. Did Rood acquire title to the land? No, Rood did not acquire title to the land. The inscription in the registry to be effective must be made in good faith. The defense of indivisibility of Torrance title does not extend to a transferee who takes the certificate of title with notice of a flaw. A holder in bad faith of a certificate of title is not entitled to the protection of the law, for the law cannot be used as a shield for frauds. <coughs> in the case at Bar Road, only for Caesar's signature on the deed of sale, it is very apparent that there was bad faith on the part of Road from the very beginning. As such, he is not entitled to the protection of the Land Registration Act. Discuss the rights of Don, if any, over the property. It is a well-known uh, well rule in this jurisdiction that person dealing with the registered land have the legal right to rely on the face of the Torrance Certificate of Title and to dispense with the need up to inquire further, except when the party concerned has actual knowledge of facts and circumstances that would impel a reasonably cautious man to make such inquiry. In the given problem, the property was already registered uh, in the name of Rod, when he brought the same from the latter. Thus, Don could be considered as a buyer in good faith and poor value. However, since Rod did not actually sell any property to him, Don has not tried to retain ownership over the property. He has only the right to recover the purchase price plus damages. In 1950, the Bureau of Lands issued a homestead patent to A. Three years later, E sold the homestead to B. He died in 1990 and his ears filed an action to recover the homestead from B on the ground that its sale by their father to the latter is void under Section 118 of the Public Land Act Law. B contends, however, that the ears of A cannot recover the homestead from him anymore because their action has prescribed and that furthermore, A was in pari delicto. Decide. The sale of the land by A to B three years after issuance of the homestead's patent being in violation of 16.118 of Public Land Act is void from its inception. The action filed by the heirs of B to declare the nullity or in existence of the contract and to recover the land should be given due course. B's defense of prescription is untenable because an action which seeks to declare the nullity of an in or in existence of a contract does not prescribe. On the other hand, B's defense on of in pari delicto is equally untenable, while as a rule, parties who are in pari delicto have no recourse against each other on the principle that a transgressor cannot profit from his own wrongdoing. Such rule does not apply to violation of Section 118 of Public Land Act because of the underlying public policy in the Seed Act to conserve the land which a homesteader has acquired by gratuitous grant from the government for himself and his family. In keeping with this policy, or policy, it has been held that one who purchases a homestead within the five years prohibitory period can only recover the price which he has paid by filing a claim against the estate of the deceased seller. 
under the principle that no one shall enrich himself at the expense of another, applying the pari delicto rule in violation of the Section 118, the Court of Appeals has ruled that the homesteader suffers the loss of the fruits realized by the vendee who in turn forfeits the improvement that he has introduced into the land. Rommel was issued a certificate of title over a parcel of land in Quezon City. One year later, Richel, the legitimate owner of the land, discovered the fraudulent registration obtained by Rommel. She filed a complaint against Rommel for reconveyance and cause uh, the annotation of the notice of lease pendants on the certificate of title issued to Rommel. Rommel now invokes the indefeasibility of his title considering that one year has already elapsed from its issuance. He also seeks to cancel the cancellation of the notice of lease pendants. May the court cancel the notice of lease pendants even before final judgment is rendered? A notice of lease pendants may be cancelled even before final judgment upon proper showing that the notice is for the purpose of molesting or harassing the obdurate party or that the notice of lease pendants is not necessary to protect the right of the party who caused, uh, uh, who caused, to be who caused it to be registered. In this case, it is given that Richel is the legitimate owner of the land in question. It can be said, therefore, that when she filed her notice of less pendants, her purpose was to protect her interest in the land and not just to molest Rommel. It is necessary to record the less pendants to protect her interest because if she did not do it, there is a possibility that the land will fall into the hands of an innocent purchaser for value and in that event, the court loses control over the land making any favorable judgment thereon moot and academic for these reasons the notice of lease pendants may not uh, be cancelled. Will Richel's suit for reconveyance prosper? Yes, Richel's suit for reconveyance because all elements for an action for reconveyance are present. Namely, Richel is claiming dominical rights over the same land. Rommel procured the title on the land by fraud. The action was brought within the statutory period of four years from discovery of the fraud and at later ten years from the date of registration of Rommel's title. Title to the land was uh, who has not passed into the hands of an innocent purchaser for value. Rommel could invoke the indefeasibility of his title if Richel had filed a petition to reopen or review the decree of registration, but Richel instead filed an ordinary action in personam for reconveyance. In the latter action, indefeasibility is not a valid defense because in filing such action, Richel is not seeking to unify nor impugn the indefeasibility of Rommel's title. She is only asking the court to compel Rommel to reconvey the title to her as the legitimate owner of the land. In 1965, Brenren brought from Rubin a parcel of registered land evidenced by a duly executed deed of sale. The owner presented the deed of sale and the owner's certificate of title in the register of deeds. The entry was made in the day book and corresponding uh, fees were paid as evidenced by official receipt. However, no transfer of certificate of title was issued to Renren because the original certificate of title in Rubin's name was temporarily misplaced after fire uh, partly gutted the office of the Register of Deeds. Meanwhile, the land had been possessed by Rubin's distance cousin, Michael Law, opened abruptly and continuously in the concept of owner since 1960. It was only in April 1998 that Renren sued Michael Law to recover possession. Michael Law invoked acquisitive prescription and losses asking that he be declared owner of the land. 
decide the case by evaluating these defenses. Renren's action to recover possession of the land will prosper. In 1965, after buying the land from Rubin, he submitted uh, the deed of sale to the Registry of Deeds for registration together with the owner's duplicate copy of the title and paid the corresponding registration fee. Under Section 56 of PD 1529, the deed of sale to Renren is considered registered from the time the sale was entered into the day book, now called the primary entry book. For all legal intents and purposes, Renren is considered the registered owner of the land. After all, it was not his fault that the Registry of Deeds could not issue the corresponding transfer certificate uh, of title. Michaelos' defense of prescription cannot be sustained. A Torrens title is imprescriptible. No title to registered land in derogation of the title of the registered owner shall be acquired by prescription or adverse possession. The right to recover possession of registered land likewise does not prescribe because possession is just a necessary incident of ownership. Michaelos' defense of Latses, however, appears to be more sustainable. Renren bought the land uh, had the sale registered way back in 1965. From the facts, it appears that it was only in 1998 or after an inexplicable delay of 33 years or 33 years that he took the first step asserting his right to the land. It was not even an action to recover ownership but only possession of the land. By ordinary standards, 33 years of neglect or inaction is too long and may be considered unreasonable as open held by the Supreme Court. The principle of imprescriptibility sometimes has no yield to the equitable principles of latches, which can convert even a registered landowner's claim into a stale demand. Michaelos' claim of latches, however, is weak insofar as the element of equity is concerned, there being no showing in the facts how he entered into the ownership and possession of the land. A. Own a parcel of unregistered land located on the Tarlac side of the boundary between Tarlac and Pangasinan. His brother B. Own the adjoining parcel of unregistered land on the Pangasinan side. A. Sold the Tarlac parcel to X. In a deed of sale executed as a public instrument by A and X. After pa X paid in full the price of the sale, X took possession of the Pangasinan parcel in the belief that it was the Tarlac parcel covered by the deed of sale executed by A and X. After 12 years, a controversy arose between B and X on the issue of the ownership of the Pangasinan parcel. B claims a vested right of ownership over the Pangasinan parcel because B never sold that parcel to X or to anyone else. On the other hand, X claims a vested right of ownership over the Pakasinan parcel by acquisitive prescription because X possessed this parcel for over 10 years under claim of ownership. Decide on these claims. At this point in time, X cannot claim the right of vested ownership over the Pakasinan parcel by acquisitive prescription. In addition to the requisites common to ordinary and extraordinary acquisitive prescription consisting of uninterrupted, peaceful, public, adverse, and actual possession in the concept of owner, ordinary acquisitive prescription for 10 years requires 1. Possession in good faith and 2. Just title. Just title means that the adverse claimant came into possession of the property through one of the modes recognized by law for the acquisition of ownership but the grantor was not the owner or could not transmit any right. 
In this case, there is no just title and no mode that can be evoked by X for the acquisition of the Pangasinan parcel. There was no constructive delivery of the Pangasinan parcel because it was not the subject matter of the deed of sale. Hence, B retains ownership of the Pangasinan parcel of land. Original Registration Louis, before leaving the country to train as chief in five-year hotel in New York, USA, entrusted to his first degree cousin, Dewey, an application for registration under the Land Registration Act of a parcel of land located in Bacolod City. A year later, Louis returned to the Philippines and discovered that Dewey registered the land and obtained an original certificate of title over the property in his Dewey's name. Compounding the matter, Dewey sold the land to Yui, an innocent purchaser for value, Louis promptly filed an action for reconveyance of the parcel of land against Louis. Is the action pursued by Louis the proper remedy? An action for reconveyance against Louis is not the proper remedy because Louis is an innocent purchaser for value. The proper recourse is for Louis to go after Dewey for damages by reason of the prudent registration and subsequent sale of the land. If Dewey is insolvent, Louis may file a claim against the assurance fund. Assuming that reconveyance is the proper remedy, will the action prosper if the case was filed beyond one year but within 10 years from the entry of the decree of registration? Yes, the remedy will prosper because the action prescribed in 10 years, not within one year, when a petition for the reopening of the registration decree may be filed. The action for reconveyance is distinct from the petition to reopen the decree of registration. There is no need to reopen the registration proceedings, but the property should just be reconveyed to the real owner. The action for reconveyance is based on implied or constructive trust, which prescribes in 10 years from the date of issuance of the original certificate of title. This rule assumes that the defendant is, an, is in possession of the land. Where it is the plaintiff who is in possession of the land, the action for reconveyance would be in the nature of a suit for quieting for the title which action is uh, imprescriptible. What are the essential requisites or elements for the allowance of the reopening or review of a decree of registration? The essential elements are 1. That the petitioner had a real or dominical right. 2. That he has been deprived thereof through fraud. 3. That the petition is filed within one year from the issuance of the decree. And 4. That the property has not yet been transferred to an innocent buyer or purchaser. Distinguish the torrent system of land registration from the system of recording of evidence of title. The torrent system of land registration is a system for the registration of title to the land. Thus, under the system, what is entered in the registry of deeds is a record of the owner's estate or interest in the land. Unlike the system under the Spanish mortgage law or the system under Section 184 of the Revised Administrative Code as amended by Act 3344, where only the evidence of such title is recorded, in the latter system, when is recorded is the deed of conveyance from uh, hence the owner's title emanated and uh, not the title itself. Torrent system of land registration is that which is prescribed in Act 496, now PD 1529, which is either judicial or quasi-judicial. System or recording of evidence of title is merely the registration of evidence of acquisitions of land with the register of deeds. Who annotates the same on the existing title cancels the old one and issues a new title based on the document presented for registration. 
On March 27, 1980, Cornelia filed an application for land registration involving a parcel of agricultural land that he had bought from ISAC, identified as uh, lot number 2216, with an area of one hectare. During the trial, Cornelio claimed that uh, he had, or he and his predecessor in interest, had been in open, continuous, uninterrupted public and adverse possession and occupation of the land for more than 30 years. He likewise introduced in evidence a certification dated February 1281, citing a presidential declaration to the effect that on June 14, 1990 or 1980, agricultural lands of the public domain, including the subject matter of the application, were declared alienable and disposable agricultural land. If you were the judge, will you grant the application for land registration of Cornelio? No, I will not grant the application. To be entitled to registration of the parcel of land, the applicant must show that the land being applied for is alienable land. At the time of the filing of the applications, the land has not yet been declared alienable by the state, Republic versus CA. Can Cornelio acquire said agricultural land through acquisitive prescription, whether ordinary or extraordinary? Cornelio can acquire the land by acquisitive prescription only after it was declared part of alienable land by state of uh, or by the state by possession for the required number of years for ordinary prescription, 10 years possession in good faith with just title or extraordinary prescription by possession for 30 years without need of any other condition. Manuel was born on 12 March 1940 in a 1,000 square meters property where he grew up helping his father. Michael cultivated the land. Michael has lived on the property since the land was opened for a settlement at about the time of the Commonwealth government in 1935, but for some reasons never secured any title to the property other than a tax declaration in his name. He has held the property through the years and the concept of an owner and his stay was uncontested by others. He has also conscientiously and continuously paid the realty taxes on the land. Michael died in 2000 and Manuel as Michael's only son and heir now wants to secure and register title to the land in his own name. He consults you for legal advice as he wants to perfect his title to the land and secure its registration in his name. What are the laws that you need to consider in advising Manuel? on how he can perfect his title and register the land in his name. Explain the relevance of this loss to your projected course of action. For purposes of confirmation of imperfect title, I will have to consider the provisions of Commonwealth Act Number 141 as well as the Property Registration Decree PD 1529 in giving any advice to Manuel. CA Number 141 which amended the Second Public Land Act provides that there are two requisites for judicial confirmation of imperfect title, namely open and continuous exclusive and notorious possession and occupation of the land by himself or through his predecessor or uh, in interest under bona fide claim of ownership since June 12, 1945, and b. the classification of the land as alienable and disposable land of the public domain. The Property Registration Decree or PD 1529 provides who may file an application for registration of title on the land under Section 14 thereof, 
which provides that those who by themselves or their predecessors in interest have been in open, continuous, exclusive, and notorious possession and occupation of alienable and disposable lands for the public domain under a bona fide claim of ownership since June 12, 1945 or earlier. Since Manuel's father, Michael, had been in open, continuous, conclusive, and notorious possession of the land since 1935, and that the land was declared alienable in the same year, his possession has ripened into ownership, which entitles him or his successor, Manuel, to file an application for judicial confirmation of imperfect title. Second, I have to prove that the land was already declared alienable at the time that Manuel or his father, Michael, took possession of the land and that their possession was open, continuous, exclusive, and notorious, which started prior to or on June 12, 1945, as registered by CA 141. To prove the prerequisites, the original classification of the land as approved by the DNR secretary, or in lieu thereof, a certification by the DNR regional office attesting to the alienable and disposable character of the land. I also have to file together with the application for registration all original uh, monuments of title or copies thereof and a survey plan of the land approved by the Bureau of Lands in accordance with Section 17 of PD 1529. Manuel may also submit the tax declaration and tax payment receipts which have been ruled to be good indications of possession and the concept of owner. Subsequent Registration Mr. and Mrs. Roman and Mr. and Mrs. Cruz filed an application for registration of a parcel of land which after due proceedings was granted by the RTC acting registration as land court. However, before the decree of registration could be issued, the spouses Roman and the spouses Cruz sold the lot to one. In a notarized deed of sale, the sellers expressly undertook to submit the deed of sale to the land registration court so that the title to the property would be directly issued in one's name. Is such a stipulation valid? Yes, because when one who is not uh, the owner of the property sells or uh, alienates it and later the seller or grantor acquires title, such title passes by operation of law to the buyer or grantee. Distinguish direct attack from a collateral attack on a title. A direct attack on a title is one where the action filed is precisely for the purpose of pointing out the defects in the title with a prayer that it be declared void. A collateral attack is one where the action is not instituted for the purpose of attacking the title, but the nullity of the title is raised as a defense in a different action. If the uh, uh, title or if the title in item uh, in the question is issued in the names of the original sellers, would a motion filed by one in the same case uh, to correct or amend the title in order to reflect his name? as owner considered be collateral attack? No, because one is not attacking the title but merely invoking his right as transferee, hence it does not invoke a collateral attack on the title. Non-registrable properties Bedrock Land and Property Development Corporation is a development company engaged in developing and selling subdivisions, condominium units, and industrial estates. In order to replenish its inventories, it embarked on the uh, aggressive land uh, banking program. It employed the scouts who roam uh, all over the Philippines to look for and conduct investigations on prospective sites for acquisition and development, whether developed, semi-developed, or rural land. 
the management of bedrock asked you, the company counsel to prepare a manual containing a summary of the pertinent laws and regulations relating to land registration and acquisition of title to land. The manual should include the following items. What is the governing law? What properties are not registrable? The governing law is the Land Registration Act as amended by Property Registration Decree Act 9496 uh, as amended by PD 1529. The following properties are not registrable. Properties of public dominion, properties for public use or public service, inalienable lands of the public domain, military installations, civil, quasi-public lands, and all lands not classified as alienable and, uh, and disposable. Dealings with unregistered lands Republic Act 1899 authorized municipalities and chartered cities to reclaim foreshore lands, bordering them and to construct their own adequate docking and harbor facilities. Pursuant thereto, the city of Cavite entered into an agreement with a Phil Estate Realty Company, authorizing the latter to reclaim 300 hectares of land from the sea, bordering the city with 30% of the land to be reclaimed to be owned by Phil Estate as compensation for its services. The Solicitor General questioned the validity of the agreement on the ground that it will mean reclaiming land under the sea which is beyond the commerce of man. The city replies that this is authorized by RA 1099 because it authorizes the construction of docks and harbors which is correct. The Solicitor General is correct. The authority of the city of Cavite under RA 1899 to reclaim land is limited to for sure lands. The Act did not authorize it to redeem land from the sea. The reclamation being unauthorized, the city of Cavite did not acquire ownership over the reclaimed land. Not being the owner, it could not have conveyed any portion thereof to the contractor.